Hey, everybody. Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. Will Ronda Rousey, former UFC champion and star, return to Royal Rumble this weekend. Rashad Evans also talks his return to MMA for Eagle FC this weekend. We are talking about Raw. We are talking about Royal Rumble. We're talking about Ronda Rousey perhaps making a return. I'm, I'm going to say right now, the oxymoron, but listen to me, okay? This is what I'm saying. It's like, I have no idea if Ronda Rousey is returning to WWE or Royal Rumble. I have no idea. But if I did, I couldn't tell you anyway. So I'm telling you that I would lie to you anyway, but I'm telling you I'm telling the truth. Does that make sense, Gabby? That, like, I'm, it's an oxymoron. I'm telling you that I would lie to you, but I don't know anything. Well, it's like saying right? I wouldn't lie to you, but I'm a liar, but go ahead. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm doing the Kevin Owens, okay? I am, I'm telling you that I would lie to you, but I'm not. When I don't know if, if Ronda Rousey, yeah, these rumors about Ronda Rousey returning to, I assume, the WWE. Why do I assume the WWE as opposed to the Octagon, right? Coming back to combat sports. Number one... The amount of training it would take to come back to the octagon and the negotiations that would be required would leak. Does that make sense to everybody? The WWE, when John Cena came out at the end of Money in the Bank, uh, I was backstage with MVP, who, by the way, has forgotten more about wrestling today than I will ever know. That guy's a genius. Um but we talk all the time. Really love MVP, by the way. He's also, I think, a brown belt with uh, Baja Gracie. So he knows, his, he knows his stuff on the ground. So anyway, we were backstage when John Cena came out and the building started shaking. And, the music, and like literally people were screaming. I had no clue John Cena was coming out there. Now, I call Raw not SmackDown, so I didn't have to know because you know, it wasn't my call. It was Michael Cole's call. But... The idea is the, the, the WWE is very good at keeping stuff under wraps. The UFC being a publicly traded company that is, uh, that is you know, there, there's, there's commission stuff. There are all kinds of parts. There are coaches. There's nutritionists, people that need to get you ready. There are too many moving parts to keep something like this secret if you, she were coming back to the UFC. KOB... Does that make sense and logic to you? Does that make sense? Where I say, like, if she were coming back to UFC, coaches would know, sparring partners would know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the mechanism of the UFC isn't necessarily designed to keep things secret. Stuff leaks all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I kind of thought it was the same in pro wrestling, though. Although I suppose you're just... Uh, Did you know about Cena? No. no. I, they, they're good at that. Like, you know, when Becky Lynch came back... They, I, I don't remember reading anything about Becky Lynch coming back. That was a complete surprise. Brock Lesnar coming back. People thought maybe he would, but they didn't know. Uh, Guns, your thought. So when the Dudley boys returned uh, back in, it was years ago, they got there in a bus. They did a special on it. And what it is, they showed up in a bus. So they weren't even inside the arena. They showed up in a bus and were parked inside the arena from like noon all the way throughout the day that nobody was allowed to go on. So, you know, it's just the guys on this bus. Obviously, there's a toilet and stuff on the bus. Nobody was allowed in or out. So when they came out for the Barclay, for, for the live Brooklyn audience, 
Nobody knew. The announcers, nobody knew yeah. at all. Yeah. Nobody. They did their own wardrobe. They did it. They had it all set on their own that nobody knew except maybe a producer and like Vince. That was it. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. They knew so, like something like you see a bus or not, but like that could be anything inside. You know, they had no idea. It's one of the biggest pops of all time because it was exactly. all natural. But here's my point. With the UFC, those are commissioned fighters. They got to weigh in. They have to have medical checks that you couldn't just walk into the octagon. Oh, my God, it doesn't work. It can't work that way. Any more than you can walk onto the field for the NFL. Like, you can't right. do yeah. that. You know, you, know, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's a legit sport that you can't do that. So, anyway, uh, that's the setup here. Ronda Rousey uh, is scheduled to be at WrestleMania 38, according to Dave Melser on the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Radio. As previously reported, there have been uh, internal discussions about Ronda Rousey returning to the WWE. Meltzer noted that he presumes Ronda Rousey would be at this Saturday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. While he is not 100% sure whether or not she will be in the match itself, the former Raw Women's Champion is scheduled to be at WrestleMania 38. The impression is that Ronda Rousey could end up facing Becky Lynch at the grandest stage of them all. That match is under heavy consideration for the two-night event. It was also revealed that the ex-UFC fighter has been training hard ahead of her return to the ring. However, it is unknown whether or not this run would be a one-off. The expectation is that it would not be a full-time run again. Rossi has not been in the WWE ring since she competed in the main event of WrestleMania 35. Becky Lynch walked away with both Raw and SmackDown women's titles that night in a triple threat match against Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Since that point, Rousey has given birth, has given birth to a baby girl named I Will Not Even Try Brown. Because I'm not trying to read this name. Uh, so, I don't know. As the commentator of Raw, I have no idea the, fact, the, you know, the accuracy of the sport. I have no clue. But once again, if I did have a clue, I'd have to lie to you about it. So, believe me if you want. But my point is... Um, could she become? Yeah, she could. And all the things she would say, remember, remember uh, Guns, like those ungrateful WWE fans, screw them, that I'm not taking these risks for them. Classic heel heat stuff, yeah? To you? Is that a work to you? Oof. If it isn't, I mean, it's, either way, it's great, right? Because you can't tell. Yeah, either yeah, way. Yeah. Either way, it works unless they try to bring her. Well, I mean, that it also against what she goes against Becky. Becky's supposed to be the heel right now. Yeah, so but she's I, getting crazy pops, dude. Like, yeah, no, I, I yeah, understand completely. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they, sh- they should have tried to make her a heel to begin with. That's got to do with the whole booking and stuff like that. I mean, either way, it is Ronda Rousey re- returning. It would be, you know, it, it's the name recognition, but I don't think she returns full time. I don't think she has it in her heart to return full time. I could see her doing these like Goldberg type returns. Here or there. Cena did type. the same thing. Yeah, came back, took on Roman Reigns. Haven't seen him since. Yeah. Goldberg. But people do hate. Yeah. Ronda yeah. had a, obviously a rough run at the end of the MMA. She goes over to the WWE. It just always seemed full, forced a little bit. Obviously, they had that great uh, uh, WrestleMania match. But I just I never really bought into Ronda Rousey in WWE at all. I didn't really like her. I felt like she was almost in an impossible role because she didn't really. She wasn't great on the microphone and. I just don't know if the fans ever gravitated to her. Now, the regardless, if she comes out as a heel here, she's gonna. Well, either way, she's gonna get booed. I think. Right. Right. Think, <laughs> yeah. So it's a win or out. Yeah. People are gonna boo her either way. Either way. <laughs> either way. How she's presented, she's gonna get booed. Uh, it's interesting. And I'm I, as as the voice of Raw is gonna be called on Saturday. 
I'm interested myself. I have no clue. I have no idea. So it's going to be interesting to see that play out. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open. Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM, Channel 156. Sugar Rashad Evans, how you doing, my man? Jimmy Smith, what's going on, my brother? What's going <laughs> on? Oh, God, Namo, what's going on with you, man? That's my question here. First thing I got to ask you, yeah, yeah, Eagle FC making your comeback. When did the itch come back, man? You and I worked together after your retirement fight, and it was – you know, you, you seem content with that. And then the itch seems to come back, man. When did it come back? Why did it come back? Tell me all about it. Man, you know, uh, it's really hard to say when it came back. I guess it kind of came as suddenly as it left. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just one of those things. That, you know, I've been uh, training, you know, some fighters. I've been working with Greg uh, Hardy uh, very closely. And for the most part, I was his training partner for, you know, for a long time. So, you know, I'm going against that big-ass dude every single day and just kind of working with different guys when they come in. But, you know, I, I messed around and got myself into a mindset, you know, the fighter's mindset, you know, and my body got in shape. And I was like, you know, I mean, if I'm doing this every single day, I mean, I might as well get paid for it. So I was like, let me let me just see what this, you know, what, what uh, let, me, let, me, let me see what, uh, let me see if I take a fight, how, how that'll go, you know? So I've been, um, I've been just kind of, you know, working it from there, man. But I've been, uh, just, uh, you know, just feeling it. I've been feeling it big time. So, you know, you are 42 years old, a little younger than me, but how does the the, the, the body responding to, you know, because there are fights and there's camp, and it's camp that really wears you down. It's camp that makes you want to retire. How has your body responded to it this time around, man? It's responding good. It's responding uh, better than I thought. You know, at first it was kind of like, uh, you know, I was kind of worried about that, to be honest, because it's like the minute you yeah. say I want to fight, next thing you know, your body starts like, oh, my ankle hurts, up, oh, my knee hurts, and all these different injuries starts popping up that you didn't have before, you know, before you made that commitment. But uh, I was very fortunate enough to, you know, keep my body on track and train pretty smart where my body's not absorbing a lot of damage. So, um, you know, and, and, and that's another thing, too. You know, I understand the limit limitations that I have, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to fight uh, or train the way that I did when I was younger. You have to modify the trainer, you know, cut on, cut down on some of the live goals and just kind of make it so that, um, you know, you're able to get yourself through camp because at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, what I'm curious about is the training techniques are so different than when you started than when than the way they are now, where a lot of times, man, it was like you know you went to war every day at the gym. Uh, you didn't have the nutritionist. You didn't have the 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 recovery. You didn't have all these things. What is a camp like? Uh, not just at your age, but with the science we have now behind MMA. How different? How much easier or different is it? It's uh, it, it's it's a lot different now. It's a lot different now. You know, the the science the science behind it is uh, it's changed a whole lot. You know, it's gotten a lot better. And just the understanding of what you need to do to peak your body is, is is a very huge piece. I mean, back in the day training, you know, we we would just train to try to prove that you're tough. But now there's so much science along with it. You know, it's not only just about being tough because that is a 
huge important part of it, you know, getting bringing out that dog. But a, another important part is making sure that your body is is rested and, and uh, in great condition to keep on doing the rinse and repeat cycle that a trainer camp requires. Uh, so speaking, of course, to Rashad Evans uh, making his comeback, Eagle FC. Why Eagle FC? How did this negotiation come about? You said you were looking for a fight, looking to get back in it. Why this card? Why right now? Oh, man, it just kind of was like the perfect storm. You know, I've been looking to try to be competitive and do something. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about doing boxing and doing all these other different things to try to compete, uh, grappling and whatnot. But it just didn't end up working out. And um, with the Eagle FC, it was just something that uh, just kind of came together. And it made sense, especially that, you know, uh, my my, um, my stablemate and, and manager, uh, Habib, was putting on the card. And it was his first card in America. And to be able to fight on a card with my brother, Tyrone Spong, was another incentive for me. So everything just kind of lined up and just made sense. And, you know, it being here in Miami was another thing that was appealing to me. So all these different things just kind of just, you know, put in my mind that this might be the right move for me to do. Have you ever, have you been moving around, who's, who's by the way, in the, the main event is Tyrone Spong versus Sergey Karatanov. Have you moved around with Tyrone Spong, man? What has his MMA development been like? Do you have a window into that? Yeah, um, his his development in MMA has been has been pretty uh pretty pretty great to see. You know, he's now now listen, Tyrone has always been somebody who you know was able dabbled in the MMA, and you know he's had a couple MMA fights, and you know he he's trained alongside of us. Even though he wasn't competing, he still was. You know, he still was on the same practice that we were. So just by osmosis and just being around what we've been doing, he's developed some skills. And, uh, you know, he's been able to bring over and convert some of the stuff that he's had from kickboxing that worked really well. You know, Tyrone has amazing, you know, leg trips and stuff like that. He actually took Kenny Monday down twice in a row by Whoa. doing his leg trips. So, he, yeah, so he has the ability and understanding of how to uh, how to take people down. It's just an understanding with the grappling that he had to get more of a handle on. But he's been, you know, working extensively on that. You know, even before the fight was announced, it was something that he was even getting into just to kind of challenge himself because he got bored. That is, uh, will you take down Kenny Money, by the way, two-time Olympic medalist, gold in 88, silver in 92, I believe. From not, and then he was on the team in 96. Uh, that's an incredible accomplishment, by the way. So uh, I got to ask you about, because you're working with Greg Hardy, the heavyweight division in general, of course, Francis Ngannou defeating Cyril Gan last Saturday. Did you see that fight? What was your takeaway from it, man? I seen the fight. It was a, it was an amazing fight. You know, I yeah. like the fact that Francis added in a whole nother element that nobody thought he could. And especially against a guy in Cyril Gan who has been, you know, looking like he's the most well-rounded fighter in the weight class, being able to show, you know, his ability with angles, but not only that precision with the punches and just a combination of the great things that you see when you see Cyril Gan. And to see Francis go in there and do what he did was uh, was very impressive. And especially after hearing, you know, what he was facing going into the fight, you know, with the whole knee injury and just, you know, not only the knee injury, but then he had the whole, you have the whole like emotional part of it too. You know, his coach was, um, you know, his, his coach is now, you know, was Cyril Gans coach. So yep. being in that situation, having something like that similarly happen with, with John Jones, I understood where he was at. So to be able to come in there and did what he did on the heels of that was, uh, what was very impressive. 
What is it like, speaking of you, know, you versus John Jones, talking about Cyril Gahn, Francis Ngannou, a big controversy before the fight was the release of sparring footage by Cyril Gahn, uh, apparently Cyril Gahn's coach, where he's getting the better of Francis Ngannou, and I'll see how much better he is. What are your thoughts as a coach and now as a fighter again about stuff like that? When I started out, you didn't even talk about sparring after it was over. It, it was done. That was yesterday. You didn't tell anybody else about it. It stayed in-house. And it seems like now Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw, people are releasing sparring footage like crazy. What are your thoughts on that as a coach, man? Um, it's, it's frowned upon. All day is frowned upon. But, I mean, you know, in a situation like that, when you're fighting a former teammate, I can see where it comes into play, you know, because of the simple fact that, you know, w- when you're fighting somebody, it's 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 game on all, all the way through. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a mental it, – it's it's mental. You know what I'm saying? So you got to try to find a way to, to get in your opponent's head any, any way you can. But for me, I just think that's just something that just shouldn't be shared, you know, because – and it also can bring a false sense of security because what happens and happens and what happens in practice is practice. But when you when you when you're fighting, it's something totally different. So it, it can you know it, it's definitely frowned upon. But I mean, I can see it being done in a situation like that just because of the simple fact that they they were about to fight. Whatever gives you the psychological advantage. Talking to Rashad Evans. He is fighting Eagle FC this Saturday in Miami. What are your thoughts or do you know anything or were you doing any prep about your opponent? This is a guy who's basically been on the regional scene, hasn't fought anywhere near the kind of names you fought. He's a lot younger. He's a bit more active. Uh, what are your thoughts on your opponent, man? Did you do any scouting? Do you know anything about him? Yeah, I know he's, he's a grappler. I know he, you know, he has, uh, you know, he can punch, got a little bit of heavy hands, so... Um, you know, he's, um, you know, he, he's, he's pretty tough. He's pretty tough. He, he's pretty, uh, motivated as well too. So, you know, um, I understand the fact that, you know, guys, you know, they, they tend to fight the competition and I think that he's somebody who's a tough fight. I'm expecting a guy who's coming in there and trying to make a name off of Rashad Evans. So I gotta be, uh, be ready to go in there and just give him, give him everything. Uh, so what's it like? And I, I know almost your entire career, you had to deal with that. You came in off the Ultimate Fighter with the big name, winning uh, season two of the Ultimate Fighter. You came in with a name, everyone trying to make a name off of you. What's it been like uh, living with that almost your entire MMA career, man? Not a lot of people have to deal with that. Oh, man, it's uh, it can be tough because, you know, if you're not willing to bring that fight and you're not, and you're looking in there to just kind of go in there and not, uh, and not bring that level of fight, then you can be blindsided by it. You know, there's nothing worse than going into a fight and the guy's looking at you like you're the meal and you're just kind of like, Oh man, you know, you don't got the same feeling towards him, but you know, it's, um, it's something that, that has allowed me to understand what I'm facing. Once I go against guys Mm -hmm. like that, it has allowed me to understand that once I, um, you know, once I step into the octagon, there, there's no games, and I got to be able to look across that cage and envision something in that person that may not be there. I need to envision the fact that this guy, you know, uh, is a world champion. This is for the belt, and this guy is my toughest competition. No matter who I fought, no matter what names I've gone against, you know, this guy is it. He's the pinnacle of everything that I have to go against because that's how he's looking at me. Your uh, speed, of course, Rashad Evans fighting Eagle FC this Saturday, the co-main event. Um, Your goals in your UFC career, you won gold, you were the light heavyweight champion, you were at the elite level almost your entire career from beginning to end. 
at this stage in your career, with this comeback, what are your goals now? Are there any beyond this fight? Tell me about it. Um, you know, I don't, I haven't really got too, uh, too lofty with it, to be honest, you know, um, for me just to be able to, uh, put myself through camp right now and to, uh, you know, go out there and compete on Friday, you know, is for me a a huge victory and and a huge milestone and a goal setting that I put for myself. You know, um, I don't know where this fight will lead to, you know, I don't know what's going to happen after this fight. So I'm just going to go in there and just take it one, one step at a time and whatever materializes after this it materialized after this, but I don't see the need to kind of put pressure on myself to make this something more than it needs to be. Well, I got to say, Rashad, having worked with you, I know your MMA mind. It is absolutely 100% on point, and I'll be rooting for you Saturday, my man. Win one for us old guys, man. I really appreciate you, brother. Thanks for making the time. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy Smith, man. I, 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 uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that, my man. Hey, dude, I appreciate you. Rashad Evans, ladies and gentlemen. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.